Anybody that's in that position knows that it can be hard because you hear the old, oh, well, that's not how we've done it before. And I really, truly, from day one, I want to honor those that have come before us. Welcome to Better Together with Kosti Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kosti Epifonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Avery Hutchins, Chief Executive Officer and President of PBS, member station WCTE. After serving for over a decade in a variety of roles from sales manager to station manager, Avery's dedication to the values and mission of WCTE and PBS seamlessly guided her transition into President and CEO in October of 2021. Today, we're talking about public broadcasting, the future of local media, and celebrating a new era for WCTE. So Avery, tell us a bit more about your journey in broadcasting and how working in so many facets of media has shaped your view as CEO. Gosh, I don't even know where to begin. I luckily kind of just fell into the role. I was looking to relocate back to Cookville and a position was open at WCT as sales manager. I was like, I can do this. I can do sales, right? It's been my foundation my whole career. So I met with Becky and I loved her personality, her flamboyance, her let's do this bigger than life. And I thought, yeah, this will be a great new start for me in Cookville. And so I came on and started working. We were in the stadium. We were still under the stadium at Tennessee Tech. It was a little eye-opening. It was quite different than what I was expecting or had been used to. But, you know, I just always looked at the opportunity that it had to bring. And WCT PBS in Cookville, I mean, it's small. We're probably one of the smallest stations in the whole country. But, you know, we're also really big because we're PBS and there's 350 stations across the country. Some things like WGBH in Boston or New York PBS, New York City PBS. And we're one of those. I mean, we are just the same as those really big stations. And so I just really from day one kind of grabbed a hold of that and just loved it. So as you were working with your previous boss, I guess you could say, what do you think was one of the most influential points that she was able able to give you as you progress into this position? She was always encouraging me and pushing me to stretch into that role. Like she always would say, lean into that role, you know, lean into it. And (laughs) I'd be like, it's kind of making me nauseated. But, you know, she would um, she would always be very super supportive, even if maybe I didn't do the best at whatever it was we were doing. But she would always try to be that teacher, that mentor that could say, look, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. You just start. So don't be so hard on yourself. But I think having that open mind, really just listening to her and being open to doing some of the little jobs. You know, I didn't start at WCT early in my career. I'd already worked for over 25 years and had been in Nashville. And, you know, I could have easily come in and been like, ah, this, you know, I've been here, done this. Why do I have to sweep the floors? But you know what? You need to sweep the floors, take out the trash, find opportunities that are there and grab a hold of those things that people ask you to do, even if you're not 100% comfortable. You've been doing this for a decade. What has changed the most since 2011? Uh, Everything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Everything has changed. 
if you just think about how you watch television sure. these days, 10 years ago, you might have still went home and turned on the television and watched the nightly news. or and DVR'd something. Yeah. Oh, DVR'd. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Remember right. that? Right. <laughs> DVR'd, v- DVDs. Yeah. I think Blockbuster may still have been around in 2011. Yes, for sure. Redbox yeah. or yes, some Red of those. Box, yeah. yeah. So it has completely changed and we have to change along with it. Yeah. WCT, PBS. I mean, there's no way for us to compete with Netflix. Is that exciting or is that scary? Well, or both? it's, you know, we have to recognize what our capabilities are. We are not ever going to be able to compete with these budgets that they have at Amazon or Netflix. We have to look at what our niche is and how we can really hone in on that sure. and find that niche that makes us what we are. And I really think PBS has done tremendous work and really identifying what that niche is. And that is content, trusted content that is available to all people. Some people may not realize, but you can still stick an antenna on your roof and get WCTE plus our three other channels. Yeah, I, I watch them. Yeah, I mean, I, so I have a TV in my kitchen and, you know, sometimes obviously I watch TV plus and it streams CBS News. But a lot of times I'll just put the local PBS station on because I watch PBS NewsHour too, which I know is nationally syndicated. I mean, there's some good stuff on there. And so are all of those shows that you run throughout the day, are those all shows that you you guys produce at WCTE? Oh, don't I wish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm no. just curious. Yeah. So to be a PBS station, it means that we are a member of PBS. So we pay an annual dues that give us the access to those PBS content, which makes us a full-fledged PBS station. It means that we do have certain protocols or procedures that we have to abide by to stay within that PBS world. We also are FCC regulated, so we have to be very careful on how we conduct business. Like we don't have advertisers, we have underwriters. Uh, We have to be very careful on not having pay to play type programming. Like we don't let somebody that's selling a widget come on and spend 30 minutes selling their widget to our audience. I mean, it's a very protected, brand across the country. You know, that's what makes us so special is that we're able to provide national content free over the air to our viewers, bringing the world to them right here in the Upper Cumberland. It's incredible. You know, we often would say for those that may never make a New York City Broadway performance or a ballet or some type of symphony performance, they are going to get that through PBS. Yeah. These young children that are growing up in rural Tennessee, rural central Tennessee are going to have those experiences. Let's talk about the next 10 years. What challenges or actually more importantly, what opportunities do you think that you're going to have in the next 10 years? And what is the greatest goal for your station and also for yourself? Well, I'm just two months on this job. Well, maybe three (laughs) months now. (laughs) But it is something I've put a lot of thought into. And even before ever becoming CEO as Director of Development and Marketing, and it was my job to see the vision of Ben Becky before me and understand the direction that she was going. And I think the reason we made such a great team is that we were on the same page. I knew what she was thinking and it helped me be able to implement the plan, the initiative. And as a development fundraiser, I mean, I'm trying to raise the funds. So I'm 
constantly explaining to people why they need to support the work that we're doing. What difference does it make when they give to the station? What direction do you think the next 10 years will bring? My big audacious hairy goal, as we call it. Yes, please. I want a standalone building for WCT. Oh, wow. Nice. Yes. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure in in that building, you could also produce shows uh, and other things. And I think that's probably a bit of a handicap, right? That you don't have enough space to produce like big sets and stuff. Right. We have the broadcast. People are familiar with that. But other things that we do that others may not always know is that we do public screenings, which means we get films the first time they've been aired and we get to do a pre-screening. So before anybody else sees it, we host a little gathering people get to watch it. And we normally would have like a panel that maybe even would discuss what they just saw. Independent Films is part of a group that supplies PBS Mm -hmm. content that we then air, but it gives us an opportunity to show them early. And if we had our own space, our own building, we could invite people to the building, we could sit them in seats and we could show them on a big screen and they would know when they got there, they're at WCTE. Have you ever thought about doing like a news show? Well, we would love a news show. Yeah. Yeah. Like with like anchors and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes. We do a little show called Live at Five. It's not heavy news. Right. It's just more of kind of trending things that are going on and features. It's still up and coming and it has some revisions that it needs, but yeah, it would be great. What's the biggest barrier to accomplishing these goals, these audacious goals, as you say? Funding, you know, sustainability and funding and making sure that what we do today can be sustainable down the road. Yeah. Honestly, I speak with a lot of people that work for nonprofits, people that work in really every single array of businesses and funding is always sort of the problem or the challenge to tackle. You know, I do have to ask, though, you have been doing this for a decade, right? But Becky's been doing this for like 30 years, right? Let's try 40. Okay, 40. (laughs) Okay, there you go, right? So you have to come in and you have to either adapt to the culture or create a new culture because you are a business owner day one, you know, two months into it, and you're managing employees in a new role. No matter how long you've worked there, you're essentially starting a new business. So you're a startup. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. How difficult has it been to either adapt or change the culture and the direction of WCTE? I don't know that it's been terribly difficult. Mm-hmm. The good news is I've been there for 10 years. The bad news is I've been there for 10 years. So, you know, people have seen me as their peer. At one point, I was down here and then I've transitioned. And not to say that others haven't transitioned too, but now I'm like their boss, right. which anybody that's in that position knows that it can be hard because you hear the old, oh, well, that's not how we've done it before or, you know, whatever. And I really, truly, from day one, I want to honor those that have come before us. You know, Richard Castle, heart, tear, guts, everything, sweat, everything into the station. He and his wife, Donna Castle, and their children. And that was that was a decade in itself. Then we had a few in between. And then Becky came along. Well, didn't come along. She'd been there the whole time. But she transitioned as well into her bigger role. And she brought you know, vision and big picture, but she never lost sight of really what WCT was all about. And the whole reason we were placed here in the Upper Cumberland in 1978, which was to bring voice to the community, to be the storyteller of the Upper Cumberland, to provide access to all people, to be that early learning teacher for these children that are at home that may not have access to preschool, to engage the community, get them to think bigger. So we've never 
lost sight of providing that service to the community. And we are servants to the community. We might be PBS, we might be a television station, but we are here to serve our community. So in my transition, I've always want to honor the work that has been done in the past and how it has gotten us to the point where we are. Moving forward, yes, I mean, we do have to shift the culture just a little bit. I mean, I'm not Becky. We think differently, but the vision is still there in that we want to serve and connect with the community and tell the storytelling. We want to do it in various ways now, as we talked about the changing landscape of broadcast. People are doing more digital. It's more on demand, but they don't just want national content. They want local content still. They still want to see themselves, their friends, their family. They want to hear about their community. They want to be able to turn on WCTE and get quality educational television. So I think that there are two questions that you've answered. One is, this is the Avery Hutchins era. It's carrying over from Becky and from Mr. and Mrs. Kessel, but overall... Avery Hutchins era is what I'm hearing, the era of a big push into the digital market. And and the reason why I think that's so important is because as you were talking about a lot of kids in very small communities, a lot of them probably have access to streaming platforms. You know, you can buy an Amazon Fire tablet for like $29. So there's a lot of kids that probably can stream. And so I think it's pretty impressive that you've been able to identify that as an area of focus and really sort of double down on making that a successful part of WCTE. Right. So, and pardon me if this is a silly question, but do you think that this will be a easy or a hard road? I think that if we don't get on board, we're not going to be here. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how hard it's going to be. We have got to find a way to make it happen. Yeah, it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. And it's not going to just go away, you know, we're, we're going to make this transition. And you mentioned children that have access to some of that, but there's quite a few families, children in our community that still don't have that kind of access. They might not have Wi-Fi They may access. not have Good Wi-Fi. Point. They yeah. may not be able to afford the Wi-Fi. They might be able to get the tablet. Uh, they might be able to bring a tablet home from school, but once they've got it at the home, how do they connect with it? Great point. And the digital divide in this country is huge, and it's causing a tremendous gap in our learning with our children. So you've got the kids that have it and have access are thriving. The ones that don't have access are getting left behind. So WCTE is actually working right now on a pilot, a data casting pilot that will help use our airways our broadband that's left over from everything else we do, this excess, to be able to provide a connection at people's homes, kind of like Wi-Fi, but without the cost. And they will be able to receive their homework from home through Google Classroom or whatever platform they use and get their work done. So this is a perfect segue into our next question. You guys do a lot more than just broadcast TV. Fundamentally, you guys are connecting communities that are in very rural, small areas and giving them an opportunity to have a, a seat at the table, so to speak, you know, so that they have an enlightened and a very worldly view. Yes. So with that, what else are you guys doing? I mean, you, you talked about the pilot, you talked about broadcasting, homework. I know you guys do the annual telethon, right? What other services do you guys offer? Right. Well, you know, the telethon, it's probably some people's least favorite part of our programming because <laughs> it interrupts their other programming. But it's, again, 
and necessary. That's how we raise money for the station is through those quarterly telethons. And yeah, you get some great thank you gifts for your support, but it's it's super important that people can get on board with working and supporting the station. I also want to mention, we talk a lot about young children, but there's a lot of seniors out there too that are isolated, that may be home alone, that may not have the availability to access on-demand programming. And we fill a void for them as well. Lifelong learning is kind of a motto of ours. We never stop learning. We constantly should be trying to grasp and learn and reach new heights. And I think WCT can offer that. So, you know, we manage community living homes where three elderly individuals live in the home. And so what we typically do is we furnish the common room. So like the living room furniture and TV, cable, telephone, internet. And I am always astounded by how many individuals come in. And granted, they're on Medicaid, so they're already on a very low fixed income. How many people come in and are just dumbfounded by the fact that they have, you know, 60 or 70 channels to pick from and that they can actually watch what they want to watch in their room? For example, if you live in the Upper Cumberland, it's going to be difficult for you to get channel two, four and five out of Nashville unless you're like on a mountain. Right. Well, and when the digital transition occurred back in 2010, I don't know that you can just pick up two, four and five with just like an antenna. I think you have to have some kind of digital converter Converter. box and it gets so complicated. I mean, it's complicated for me. So imagine being a couple of years older and even for my parents, they're like, I don't know how it works. You know, I don't do internet. I don't do email. Like, how do you live in this world and not have that kind of knowledge? Yeah. When that was going down the pike, I was working at Radio Shack. Uh, I know it's funny. At the mall and people would come in and they were so mad that they were having to buy these digital converter boxes and that their antennas would essentially stop working. Talk about discontent, man. I, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. And then add frustration on top of that and needing the support. You know, our mission is WCT PBS uses public media to inspire lifelong learning and to give voice to Central Tennessee. That's awesome. I mean, that's just where we are. How are you guys going to uphold the traditions and the history of WCTE and PBS while also allowing room for growth and new ideas and new audiences? It's been rooted in us since 1978 that we are the storyteller of the Upper Cumberland. We are the only TV, television broadcast in a 75-mile radius of Cookville. I mean, we're it. There's not going to be any others. This is it. (laughs) So even today, our goal is to always want to be able to tell that story through content and telling the history, the cultures. And in our new strategic plan, we talk about wanting to be all-inclusive to all people. So not just always telling those regular stories that we're accustomed to seeing or hearing what you and I know as a life, but really getting into some other cultures and what are their celebrations? How do they live? What types of foods do they have? What can they teach us that we don't know? Uh, We started that already. So for example, over the holidays, we've had a couple of shows that featured holiday traditions, either through foods or meal prep, decorations. Uh, We did a segment on Kwanzaa, which is kind of fun uh, and not so well known that people are like, oh yeah, we've heard that before, but kind of giving them some new perspectives. So Dr. Akehenmi was my professor at Tech for my African-American studies class, and she is amazing. So insightful, uh, knowledgeable, really makes you think. I I saw that yesterday when I was reading through uh, and prep for another interview, and I saw that she was on there doing your Kwanzaa. She did a great job. Yeah, she's amazing. So that's just a little sampling of what we really want to 
to start incorporating into everything that we do and be very intentional about showcasing those people and kind of introducing them. Because I think if we could all have a better understanding of how we all live, then we can be more accepting. Yeah, you could be better together. And better together. (laughs) I love it. Let's talk a little bit about what it takes to make these expectations a reality. So, for example, when I start a new program, I usually don't sleep for three days and just lay in bed thinking, what are all the problems that I'm going to encounter? How am I going to pay for all the problems? And then also, like, just how do I operationalize this? Who's going to be responsible for what? I mean, you guys are a nonprofit. You're working on a limited budget. How many nights don't you sleep whenever you're working on a new program? Have I slept? (laughs) No, No. Uh, you know, we have great employees at WCTE. I mean, it's probably some of the hardest working employees that you'll find. We don't have big paychecks that we get, like you said, a nonprofit on a budget. And they bring lots of creativity to the work. They bring their experiences and their knowledge and their passion for wanting to contribute to the community. And that's how they do it is through these shows or through engagement or outreach that we do. So, yeah, it starts with just kind of getting together and brainstorming with these great people and thinking through the process. Uh, learning from past mistakes is always a great thing. Stealing other people's ideas is a direction we go just to kind of start building on it. PBS encourages that. They're like, don't start from scratch. If you got an idea, someone else has come up with it and you might as well go ahead and try to take what they've done and maybe just change it or enhance it. Expand it. Yeah. Expand to what it will fit you and what you're trying to do. And then I think you've just have to have a can-do attitude, Mm -hmm. a little bit of grit, hard work, sacrifice, and creativity. Oh, and did I mention great partners? Yeah. You got to have those partners. Do you think that that's what sets WCTE apart from other stations? It is very helpful to be the only broadcast station in town. And there are a lot of people all in the Upper Cumberland because we service all 14 counties, not just Cookville and Putnam County, that want to see us be successful. And they want to be a part of that success. So yes, I mean, I could, you know, have a Rolodex of people that I could reach out to that if they're able and capable and have the time, they are pretty much on board with a plan or idea or how to better our space of living because of the work that we're doing. And, you know, I'm talking about McMinnville or Crossville. I mean, I had a great interview today with Bryce McDonald down at the Playhouse and he's doing tremendous work down there. And what a jewel that is for our community. So it's being able to find those people people in the community, collaborate with them. And it's not just a take-take, but it's how can we help you? It's a give and take. It's a relationship. You know, we've talked about Becky. We talked about WCTE. We talked about a lot of the people that you work with. But your journey started before 2011. I'm just curious, what type of things or inflection points did you have in your life that influenced you to be in the position that you're in today? Well, I have creative parents. Okay. They were entrepreneurs and they were not from here. My dad was from South Florida. My mom's from New York. They met and relocated in the early, early 70s to the Upper Cumberland and stayed and loved it. So although I'm from here, born and raised, I came already with an outside perspective. I took in what they shared with us. And so I already thought about things slightly different, maybe not just like the locals. Although my whole life, I wanted to be a local, even though I was a local. You know, they're always (laughs) like, where are you from? You don't talk like us. I'm like, hello. I don't know, but I am. (laughs) Don't worry. I share the sympathy. (laughs) I get it. So my parents were always telling us that we could do whatever we 
wanted to do. We traveled some growing up. He was a photographer. My dad was a photographer. We traveled with him to do art shows. My grandparents all lived in different places. So I was able to kind of see an outside space. And I think it's so important for children and young youth to see that there's so much more out there than just what's right here in this area. Yeah. Not that this area isn't a spectacular place to live and raise a family and grow up, but you really need to go away and come back to really appreciate and value what it has. I guess they gave me kind of that bigger picture. And then I'm just one of those kind of gritty kind of people that I work really, really hard. I like success. I'll just say it. I like success. I want the people around me to be successful. To me, my biggest reward in doing a job is when I see other people that have worked with me improve or grow into the situation and they have gotten better or to see success that they've been able to achieve because of the work that we're doing together. I think it's tremendous. So we've come full circle. The things that made you successful in life, you learned early on, and now you are offering that through your broadcasting station to other youth that you want to have a similar experience. And the success that you have, you also want to translate to the people that you work with. So I think that it's great because one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is we start out with an understanding of what WCTE is, and then we end up understanding the people behind it. And then we really understand why the mission is what it is. We always like to end the show on a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together? I have been very, very fortunate and lucky to have lots of people in my cheering section. And, uh, you know, there's too many to count, probably. I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all those. But somebody that makes me better I'm going to say is my daughter, who's 15. She is amazing. She makes me better because she encourages me and she supports me. But I want to do better because I want to be that role model for her. You know, I think it's important for young women to see what's out there and that the sky's the limit. But I think it's important for them to know that it's hard work and sweeping the floors and working off opportunity and just stretching yourself out there a little bit, even into that uncomfort zone and failing. I think you just have to fail to be able to win. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafontiv. If you've enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafontiv is a Costa Yepafontiv production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Post-production, mixing, and editing by Mike Franklin. Want to know more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafontiv.com. We're better together.